Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In at number zero on the shit list, it's the Hollywood studio system. But nothing bad has ever happened in Hong Kong or China. No, no, they don't have triads. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this the triads good. are the worst of the problems in Hong Kong and China that I was referring to. I've, no, I, well, I've, we're in the door on the 70s. I'm thinking Kung Fu movies. Kung Fu movies have triads. 83. <laughs> I mean, this was definitely made under duress, but, you know, we don't have to think about that too much. Uh, I mean, what what is the Hong Kong film scene now? I feel like I don't. I mean, I, maybe I'm just not paying attention, but I may be incorrect on this, but I believe that mainland China has taken such a stranglehold on it that they just don't allow anything magical in any of the films. So everything's like a historical piece or uh, crime film. Well, right, my right. history had always been like very straight kung fu movies this is my first time watching anything that fantastical unless you count like big trouble in little china which i don't think counts well this directly influenced that according to john carpenter so it's good reference i mean believe Uh, yeah i mean that makes sense to me doesn't have some some of the sorry i guess we should uh do introductions Uh, yeah uh really quick matt (laughs) i don't even know what movie you're talking about luke that's right mark waiting yes it's films and filth mark the guest is next to you Chuck Porterfield's here with us. Say hi, Chuck. Hello. Uh, my name is uh, Chuck Porterfield, and I do not follow directions well since you said to say hi. That's good. <laughs> You'll fit in perfectly here. All right. Okay. Uh, zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain. Not Zoo Warriors from 2001, which I watched 30 minutes of and wondered why the hell Mark wanted to do this movie. <laughs> Same. I didn't watch 30 minutes, but I watched a couple minutes. But oh, this man. seems... Dry. <laughs> that, may, that may have been when mainland China had taken control of stuff. Who knows? So if you are watching this on YouTube, you're not. <laughs> this is warning, warning. You're not watching this on YouTube. Archive.com, sure. YouTube, no. Well, org. Archive.org. Hopefully, hopefully um, nobody watched the wrong thing. Anyway, and my, my just scanning over the wiki page to uh, respond to a few minutes ago. Did this have some of the same effects people? Because it said they had American effects crews uh, collaborating on this movie. Well, it, it's funny you should mention that because I I don't have a lot of notes regarding this movie, but I do have notes on that. Um, so the uh, visual effects supervisor on this movie was uh, Robert Blaylock, who was one of the uh, co-founders of Industrial Light and Magic. And if you were to... Uh, Watch the, I think, Shout Factory Blu-ray. It has an interview uh, with the visual effects consultant, Peter Curran, who was also a member of uh, uh, ILM. And from what I gather, um, uh, Chow Hock, the director of this, uh, uh, wanted to uh, get uh, American expertise uh, in on, on designing the visual effects one, because it would uh, create notoriety overseas, but uh, much like uh, how Peter Jackson um, 
worked to make lower budget movies to build up Weta so that he could, you know, dominate the uh, the New Zealand film industry. Uh, Chow Hock wanted to do something similar, at least uh, be able to build up his own effects studio. So, yeah, he uh, he got some Americans to uh, assist him uh, on this. The, de- the effects were designed by uh, Hong Kong folks, but the actual execution and the uh, optical printing uh, was uh, guided by Americans. Mm-hmm. So okay. I hope that helps your, your comedy but, podcast. This is because boy, wasn't that fun. That very answered my question. Fun. Okay. <laughs> no, no, this, to learn. this is not a fun. There's nothing fun about this movie. It is very okay. serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is definitely not the most fun movie that we've watched. <laughs> Arguably the second most. I don't know. Oh, uh, wait. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not anymore. What, what, I'm being sarcastic. What's, what's number one fun? I was saying Shin Godzilla might be more fun than this, but that's that's a. That, I, I love Shin Godzilla with all my heart. I don't know if fun is ever the word I would use. I guess that's true. I just think I just <laughs> like, immediately. Mercy to... damn near had a panic attack watching that <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah, I do so, have a dark sense of fun. Um, I so love it when the, the prime minister explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, okay. um, besides besides watching the wrong version of this for a bit. I, I also had to do some research, which actually ended by me opening up my DVD case. And uh, I guess it's the um, what is this type of movie called? Uh, you, you guys watch the, the how to. Yes, thank you. Okay, you guys watch the How to Say It videos with the director's name and stuff where I didn't have time for that shit. So. I, oh, I literally, it was a song that I sent you by Sparks because Shawak is friends with Sparks and they put him on a song. Oh, yeah. You he put said, one of their songs on, at okay. the end of uh, Double Team with Dennis Rodman, which he also directed. Okay, well, if you had said <laughs> Sparks song, I would have lit up a little more, but you didn't. So no, I swear you said, it said here's Sparks the director the explaining how to say his name, and I was like, "Well, yeah. that sounds boring, and you're going to say it before me anyway, so I'll just copy you." <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> I I didn't even have the oh. copy thought. I was just like the director. Um, you know, the he's um the director. Well, now you're not going to catch me because it's funnier that way. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the song just has him going. I'm Shell Hawk. I'm a film director. I make films. It's oh. just like with the techno beat behind it. See, I it's, was it's expecting sketchy. like that that time Louis Bunuel teaches you to make a martini, which was useful but dry yeah. both in documentary form and the martini. So, um, well, Sparks is I, all about de- defying your expectations. Anyway, I guess it's because it's the other film I saw in that genre, which I already forgot how to pronounce again. Which uh, Ooh, yeah. Jet Jet Li's nineteen ninety two. I know uh, the title I know is the Kung Fu Cult Master, spelled C O L T on my DVD. Oh, cool. I mean, who knows? There, there's definitely some crossover here. I mean, Shawak did produce Black Mask, which is a pretty well-known. That's more of a grounded movie by Jet Li, but, you know. Well, now now that I've watched this one, I'm like, oh, the Kung Fu Cult Master is straight up just ripping this off, including a guy who rolls around on a rock. So and there's a lot of this. Chinese... There's thrilling bloody sword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of these uh, magic exploding sparkly things my favorite kung fu movie i can't i have no clue what the name of it is because it was on the wu-tang collection i watched it and then i tried to show it to uh to, to maddie and and it was like gone and i forgot the title so i'll never find it again but <laughs> it was even more ridiculous where like people just in the middle of conversations start every scene it's like 15 seconds of dialogue somewhere mid-sentence they just start sword fighting for five minutes then it cuts to a completely different setting with completely different people 15 seconds of dialogue five minute sword fight so that yeah. that was wonderful 
That's what I'm into, basically. So I, I gotta, uh, I gotta ask. Um, first off, I think uh, I presume you guys have links and you know the name of the movie and everything on this. But uh, when I first mentioned this to somebody, I said that the movie is called Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain. They didn't think it was Z U. They thought it was Z O O, and so they thought it maybe was an animated movie about uh, like a bunch of ass kicking uh, animals, like a kung fu and, panda type deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I we should clarify it uh, makes less sense than a lot of uh, fighting animals. It's it's fighting mm-hmm. spirits, demons, uh, and uh, wizards, red army soldiers. It- yeah. I feel like you're almost it's like you're all doing it deliberately when you keep saying zoo warriors. It's like zoo warriors from Magic Mountain. <laughs> right. But then the when one you we say watched a little bit of zoo the warriors. is zoo warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was it's like you and Mark are we, said it, which is cooler. Like are we Atlanta warriors? Or are we Atlanta warriors from, from the Stone the city? Mountain? From the yeah. You are Atlanta warriors, but the film about you is Atlanta. Warriors from the racist city. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So also gonna throw it out there before we go too far from it. Kung Fu Panda, pretty good. Yeah. I gonna be a racist city, not the only one. Let's not. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's the United States. We have plenty of racist cities here. It's our biggest (laughs) export. And hey, hey, Luke, didn't you didn't you say the English invented racism? Yeah. Everything (laughs) wrong with America you got from us. Yeah, it's true. We're we're unoriginal and racist. <laughs> Two sins. Um, anyway, Mark, out of all of the Hong Kong insanity, what, what was what's the one that put this one over as the choice for a September generation? September generation? It's September. We're putting out this episode. Oh, <laughs> well, it was just uh, Chuck had me over to watch this because we'd watched a couple of other Shawhawk movies that were more of his historical things. And I was just like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And then I fell asleep and had to go. So I had to re- go back and watch rewatch it because there's something about it. everyone had to leave. Chuck started the movie like kind of right when it got dark. And usually people don't I don't know what it is. It lulled everyone. Well, there was, you know, we hadn't seen each other in a while. So there was like a half an hour of uh, gabbing and yakking and uh, glad handing and uh, bat back padding and you know, general friendliness, which is fine. But when you're like me and you're programming movies, you, you want, (laughs) I want, I want my fucking movie to start. I mean, you know, humans are great and all, but movies are eternal. And so, you know, let them, uh, they had to get that shit out of the way. Anyway, stop your circle jerking and watch the warriors. Yeah. I honestly think something about it is so like, it's so it hits a certain frequency that it really did sort of like weirdly make everyone have to leave, which I makes me like it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only uh, people that lasted throughout uh, the whole film uh, was uh, my friends, Bob and Kaylee and Bob speaks uh, Mandarin and some Cantonese. So for him, this was like, Hey, Oh, it was, he was so delighted to, to get to see a movie at somebody's house where they had the subtitles on and he could uh, quietly judge the accuracy of the translations. And then, of course, my wife had to stay up because she's like, I don't want to leave Chuck outside by himself. So how are the translations? Uh, they seem to be quite good. He was very pleased with it. Oh, really? It's, okay. Yeah. 
Well, this is a very new release that we were watching, right? Like, yes. Yeah, there's a new new Blu-ray, newish. Also, if it was made with like some American production and stuff, I assume they bothered to do the translation properly. Yeah, it's not like I... it was bought up after the fact and just they slapped any old translation on it, right? Yeah, there there are a lot of Stephen Chow movies that are absolute half-ass because they didn't think any American people would watch it. There's one where he keeps saying "I want to suicide" over and over. <laughs> a lot of the, just. <laughs> Ridiculous. Get in line, pal. But, Isn't yeah. that a My Chemical I, Romance song or something? <laughs> Maybe. I, I think also uh, it it uh, as far as translations go, it benefits from the fact that since it is a a fantasy film, and honestly, I consider uh, I, I think of it more as a fantasy than a kung fu movie, which we could talk about later. But but uh, because of that, it means that there's sort of like a formal language usage. You know, it's uh it, it, every everybody is when they're speaking they're not speaking in any kind of uh colloquial slang or anything like that so mm. um you know it probably probably makes it easier to be uh more accurate in a translation yeah i think i do find this fantasy more appealing than like western style fantasy for maybe partly because of that because that doesn't come through when i'm watching it because i don't know formal chinese and and also this is just so colorful and whack and there's lots of firecrackers so i don't know i think part of it a big part of what makes it more appealing is that in this fantasy people are all really mean to each other which <laughs> helps keep you engaged because i think maybe western fantasy has a little bit too much of a tendency to be like wow what's that and then someone's like come this way <laughs> and it's just sort of uh this one's like i hate you because you exist and then they shoot like fireballs at you well so. think of alice in wonderland that's a timeless classic and everybody is just trying to kill everyone else the entire time mm. so i, I mean if we're talking really... fantasy of this period then yeah it pitches all over anything the west was doing yeah so, so I uh, wrote... oh go ahead uh, i was going to say you know the uh i this this may shock you but i have not read the book series that the this films are uh, uh that this film is based on i said films because they're actually uh your zoo warriors which you mentioned later uh plus there was a couple of television series that uh, all stem uh that, that all like derive from this mythology um I, I i can kind of compare that in, i guess in a way to tolkien uh except in in this case i think this is so non-linear uh because of its vastness that they were able to just kind of like pick and choose which which parts of it they wanted uh to to focus on but in a way it's also kind of like if uh like if you were to just uh randomly watch an avengers movie and have not seen any of the other films before you might might be a little confused as to the uh, characters were but i i feel like this movie um even though we're we're like being dropped in the middle of a world that we don't understand. Um, and even though people are kind of dicks to each other, you still have a pretty clear idea of, of what the overall story is. I think there's plot points that are confusing as fuck, but I think the overall narrative of the movie makes perfect sense. I yeah. did write several times my notes, though. Um, glad I'm not writing the summary. I think I wrote that about three <laughs> times. So, uh, Mark. Okay. Uh, disclaimer this 
may not be entirely accurate because I had nothing to plagiarize it from. Uh, <laughs> right. D. Ming Ki is caught up in an endless series of violent conflicts between warriors wearing different colored outfits. When his own blue army basically turns on him for no reason, he ends up teaming up with Chang Mei, a guy from the Red Army, since it turns out that they're basically neighbors. Together, they manage to survive attacks from several other colors, but D. Ming Ki gets away while Chang Mei is left behind. Then D. Ming Ki ends up inside a cave where he's attacked by evil spirits and then saved by a powerful monk named Ding Yin. He begs Ding, Ding Yin to help him save the world from endless war or to let him be his disciple, but Ding is not having it. Meanwhile, another monk who Ding also does not like, uh, Zhao Ru, shows up with his disciple Yi Zhen. The four of them end up in a conflict with the blood demon who ends up copying Ding Yin's visage and poisoning Zhao Ru. Their master, Longbrows, shows up and says he can hold the blood demon at bay, but they need to quest to find the green and purple swords to stop the blood demon. Along the way, they stop at a fort where a countess is able to cure Zhao Ru and Di Mingqi and Yi Zhen are basically promoted. But soon Ding Yen is possessed and the entire place is frozen with Ding Yen and Zhao Ru trapped inside. Di Mingqi and Yi Zhen continue their quest and find Heaven's Blade, a man who chained himself to a boulder to block evil from entering our realm. He directs them to Li Qi Yi, who gives them the two swords. They're told that the swords are most powerful when combined, but they must never be combined unless their minds are in perfect unison. They finally face off against the blood demon, manage to destroy him with help from Longbrows and the Countess. All wars are over and all men are at peace. That's a happy ending. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, and I watched the movie. Okay. Yeah, that's a short <laughs> version, though. No, 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 that all tracks. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're just racist. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at your your text here. I want to. I, I guess I'm kind of like looking at it. I think it's important to point out that from the uh, from the name uh, Deeming Key at the very beginning, all the way to the word among, which is about half of half of that paragraph, is technically one like 35 minute scene the 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 movie has like a like a you know yeah kind of like a prelude at the beginning where you get to see some miniatures of mountains and after that it is a like a long ass chase scene that never really lets up and you don't really get a chance to breathe in, until like a like a third of the way through the film well possibly controversial i could have watched a whole movie of just the wacky color army guys yeah, I I was assuming that's what the film was going to be, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like a comedic romp. Yeah, I mean, but it was still it funny, but that ways. was like the yeah, that was more of the the Monty Python political satire thing at the beginning. Yeah, I didn't. I, I I think I should. The only thing I think you got wrong, I think only one of the two masters is a monk. Hmm, you could be right. His master was just like a warrior, because they called yeah. the other one monk all the time. And made yeah. fun of him for being vegetarian. What do you call two people monks? It starts getting confusing. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. I guess um, I guess Ding was trying to kind of hook up with the Countess, which a monk wouldn't do, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was laying on the moves pretty thick. Yeah, too bad about both of them being dead. But anyway, I, I also have a note. Sure, that right? doesn't stop you and Zoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why not? I did not watch Rise of Skywalker again, but I did do like I listened to people watching it right on a podcast who what? they didn't like it. I'm Wait, you listened to a podcast where people were watching it on the podcast? 
yeah so i didn't have to watch it again right okay <laughs> weird so i was like i sent you guys my one fix after doing that i was like at the end there's a post credit scene where palpatine is still alive and cackles over the studio logo so that that's one fix <laughs> the other one is just take this script uh change the names and make this the the last star wars movie yeah sure. there's so much you can do with star wars you can make 25 kung fu movies out of star wars they almost did in rogue one but not yeah. enough but uh mm. i i guess i guess that is to say you know that multi-colored whack energy you get in the newer ones you know you wouldn't get them so much in the originals of course but uh well the the, something that kind of ruined changed. kind of even further ruined phantom menace for me was that i recently saw a video that analyzes that you know you always think that there's the cool lightsaber battle at the end and analyzes how everyone in that lightsaber battle is just like not intentionally oh, no, no, no. Not I, hitting I, each I, other my dad pointed that out to me like 20 years ago and we've always made fun of that <laughs> <laughs> and it, and like are you talking hilarious. about the one with like the robot voice uh yes yes exactly Where it's like the safety video like never swing your <laughs> lightsaber directly at your opponent exactly Duck anyway just in case <laughs> it's so funny those things probably bounce but but uh, my point is kind of that that movie was kind of incoherent this movie is pretty incoherent i mean in a mm. way like like there i guess there is a narrative thrust like like chuck was saying that you yeah follow, like you so. guys keep saying it's incoherent it, it, i don't think it was that incoherent they're like you gotta go get these swords and then they got distracted at the first place they found that had chicks <laughs> yeah, yeah the pacing was just weird because sort of the main dramatic stuff kind of was crammed into 20 minutes at the end and you spend mm. a lot of time at the fort with the chicks which is fine i mean it's a kung fu movie and also the the fun like color coded war guys maybe we should it, get back to the is it a kung fu movie because uh, yeah it doesn't really yeah it's i mean there's i mean it is. i mean a lot of the wire work even is just people flying around but not not kung no, there's fu. never enough scenes of kung fu yeah, okay yeah yeah well but are there i mean there's the opening uh battles between the warriors where they're uh they're sword fighting which is uh, if you're being generous, a form of uh, uh, kind of like a focus part of kung fu. But after that, any uh, uh, any any combat going on after that is is more like uh, like blasting lasers from your sword or it turning into That's a true. giant giant wind winding fan that can go flying around and blasting apart red light ravens. And I stuff, guess because is, I hadn't seen much fantasy. Yeah, version like I've only seen very grounded kung fu movies. What this really reminded me of was anime. Yeah, there's a lot like, of like sort in of a very Dragon Ball way. Yeah. At the start of the film, they're just fighting with swords, but before you know it, everyone's shooting beams and doing magic attacks. And has has anyone around. here has have any of you seen Super Inframan? No, yet it's like a Shaw Brothers, uh. It's like a Shaw Brothers collab with Toho. To Toho is that the right? That's the right studio. That's the Godzilla yeah. one, right? Yeah. So yeah, it basically is like a kung fu kaiju movie. Okay. I may bring to this podcast someday. I'm intrigued. It is amazing, but <laughs> yeah, there's cross pollination there. Um, and I'd say that I've seen a lot more like wacky, like problematic, uh, comedy kung fu movies from sort of after this. But I do love the fantasy stuff because it's just 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 batshit. Like, well, I mean, just I, sort of like. I primarily like I always... see myself as a Jackie Chan guy, so it's more the yeah. 
his kind of comedy and criminals and whatnot. I mean, he just how far Jackie Chan takes it makes his movies batshit sort of by default. Mm. I would say he does. I mean, he does touch on fantasy occasionally. Yeah, for he did sure. that one with Jet Li. He made Fantasy Mission Force. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, let's just which is not really anyway. Sorry, there's no. I mean, the, <laughs> I'll see myself out. I mean, Jackie. They can draw a direct line from Jackie Chan to like the jet wacky Jet Li movies and the the Stephen Chow stuff. I mean, have you guys seen Jet Li's like comedy work? A long time ago, probably with yeah. you or something. <laughs> probably, I probably made I you watch. It. Yeah, a I lot of it is really that. funny. Like, oh, okay, it's crazy because he. It's weird they ended up like this super badass heavy guy when he came to Hollywood because hmm. he at times was just absolutely hysterical. Well, I know. Last well, it might be in China. the same way that Jackie Chan was such a comedian because he didn't want to be Bruce Lee. Maybe yeah. Jet Li was very serious because he didn't want to be Jackie Chan. But that's, isn't, that makes sense. He also has that look. China, right? he uh, mm-hmm. he fights in a chicken costume at the end. Yeah, the chicken versus the centipede. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's one of my Amazing. favorite movie fights. You didn't you show me that one where he was like taking orders from a glowing ball in the forest or something? I think that might be the um, Kung Fu Caught Master one I was telling you about. Yeah, whatever that was, was it was amazing. Which at the time we thought was played like Dragon Ball the movie, just like you were saying. And I, I yeah. even wonder if it was like another take on the book, mostly because I remember the dude rolling around on a like old man rolling around on a ball was also in that, which could just be a yeah. a cultural thing. I don't know, like how you know we get like you know trolls or something and and frozen. Well, we get old men there. with staffs. They get old men rolling around on bulls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so l- let me ask y'all uh, from a uh, from a cinematic standpoint, do you uh, see uh, as I do a, a relationship? I mentioned Peter Jackson earlier, and, mm. and part of that is because when I think of the early films of Peter Jackson, I I have to feel that he is uh, heavily influenced by this movie, not necessarily um, you know by the content as much as uh, he's really big fan of using fisheye lens and um, a lot of the uh, the way he cuts his movies seem really in uh, in line with this movie. Lots of a uh, kind of extreme close ups, uh, which he, he never really got tired of doing that. He's always have like creatures like jumping towards the camera. But uh, um, I'm wondering, do you think that that is sort of a an eastern part of the world? like a 90s kind of uh, an aesthetic? You, you, Am I out of my fucking mind here on this? Or I, I um, guess I would put that on the Feebles, uh, Brain Dead and Dead Alive, but probably nothing. I'd like, I'm thinking about the Frighteners. By that point, I would probably say no. Um, Frighteners <laughs> in Hollywood is hell. You yeah. got to go before that, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Right down to the spotty CGI, which <clears throat> may look, may, may, May have aged well. I just doubt it has. And Lord of the Rings doing fantasy. And I infamously yeah. have only been halfway through. I've only done one of the two towers. I haven't done both of the towers. So wow. I, I, mean, I could be missing something. But I don't feel like I don't feel like it applies to that. But thinking of, especially Feebles and Dead Live, I'm like, yeah. oh, OK, I can see that. I, the way I see it is that Fellowship of the Ring had a lot more horror in it. And it sort of seemed to shake off the horror as it went. And I have no idea if that was intentional, but it may have been intentional. He was shaking it off like Taylor. Yeah, I have never seen a 
Peter Jackson film from before The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, boy. You should definitely watch Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put yeah. it on this podcast and I will. Yeah. I'm not going to go and watch it on my own time. <laughs> <laughs> if you like yeah. Evil Dead 2, you'll enjoy Dead Alive because it's basically yeah. just a hyper amped up version of that. But but mm. do look for the the brain dead cut, which is the New Zealand cut, which is a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and it is it is fucking bonkers. Uh, he also uh, unrelated. Uh, he made a uh, a mo- mockumentary. I think it's fifty minutes long, called Forgotten Silver. Which, if you uh, since you guys are clearly into film, you'd get a big kick out of Forgotten Silver because the whole conceit of it is he's just dis- discovered this. Uh, early New Zealand filmmaker pioneer who pioneered everything, uh, tracking shots, color sound. Um, and it's just filled with all kinds of, uh, film history jokes. Just, and just like this movie zoo colon warriors from the magic mountain. I first saw it at Cinefest film theater at Georgia state university. That is where I saw dead alive and the trip. Yeah. (laughs) I think we both saw dead alive at the same time there. That may maybe be the, the case. Maybe the truth. Were you holding entrails? Uh, no, we we took Marta there. I remember that. Okay, <laughs> that's all I remember. It's, there probably were some faster. entrails there. Yeah, it's I'm smarter. I'm hoping to go to a movie Marta. with with Lauren Robet. Anyway, never mind. Mm-hmm. Go watch. Um, I, I These are all excellent recommendations, guys. But you know, I'm just going to watch King Kong again instead. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing <laughs> is that Luke isn't really that into film. He's okay. just going to watch King yeah. Kong. That's again. kind of the point of this podcast. Is like. We're doing the top 100 films on IMDb because I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> which 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 King Kong are you watching? I mean, any of the any of them, but in this case, I guess Peter Jackson. Okay. <laughs> so you don't you don't really hold anything against Peter Jackson's King Kong? That's the sort of no. I fucking love that film. Matt's always right. like, "Oh, it's long." I'm like, "No, make it longer. I want more King Kong." <laughs> oh, Chuck and I have mutuals who absolutely despise it. I I maintain that. The only problem is that the first hour is too long and Jack Black is miscast. And that I do think I think Jack Andy Black Serkis... is great. And I think the first hour establishes the setting, which didn't need establishing in the original because it was just when it was made. Yeah, fair enough. But I also think Andy Serkis should have won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Like that was the main attraction for me. I do think so good. I mean, Zoo Warriors belongs in in the conversation about the most batshit movies ever made. I think, right? Uh, yeah. Wh- oh, where do you yeah. want to Where do you want to rank it? I mean, what's what's can we number three hundred and fifty five on the batshit list? I don't know what. No, what it, I mean, what is that list? <laughs> like, I, you can't just say a list and vocalist and then yeah. Well, well I'm just give like, me a minute here. <laughs> is it top top one hundred? Maybe I don't know. Of of batshit movies, we're talking batshit. Sure. I really don't movies. think it's that batshit, Matt. I think you ju- it's just like culturally not what you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the guys I think floating with firecrackers for like ten the pace, minutes. Yeah, yeah, because he's possessed by a demon. Fucking, yeah. the pacing is weird. But I knew, you know, if his head rotated and he vomited, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. But I I do think even within the context of Hong Kong cinema, this was a uh, considered as was all of the uh, the new wave, uh, the Hong Kong new wave filmmakers, and particularly uh, Chao Hock, uh, this was a huge departure from uh, what what had previously been experienced. Now, if you look at, you know, Kung Fu movies, um, uh, there, there was oftentimes elements of 
uh, magic or sorcery sometimes involved in them, but none of them amped up the uh, the use of of uh, sorcery and special effects to this degree, which is part part of why it was uh, like such a recognized movie. It, it wasn't a huge success in Hong Kong when it came out financially, but it was a huge critical success and won all uh, all kinds of awards uh, because it. it they just hadn't seen anything like it. Now, whether that means the movie is batshit crazy or not, I don't know. But I mean, I think that, um, I, I think, uh, you know, any, any movie that really like breaks the norm, um, maybe, maybe that, I don't, I don't know what you guys are calling batshit crazy. Well, I was about to say, uh, that's, it's kind of like my, my tripometer thing from the twilight zone. For me, they're flashing, you know, colorful lights at me the entire time. Uh -huh. So, to me, that's Bachelor Luke. I think you're thinking more story-wise, which um, yeah, which maybe that's not. I mean, that is just kind of a standard fantasy quest, right? So maybe that's mm -hmm. not the the, the Batship part. But well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking thing, visually. I I feel like there there's a certain level of quality, like kung fu movies usually do not look expensive, but there's a certain level of craftsmanship with like the camera work and the editing, and I guess generally the script execution that is in generally just a cut above what we would get in the West almost ever, just because these guys were making like 30 movies a year. <laughs> like everyone, <laughs> like who knows who exactly worked on this, but there's usually just sort of a workmanship with these. That's just, you know, part, part of why it works with just crazy flying around stuff is everything is perfectly executed. You never feel like you see somebody fly up and then you don't see where they land which is hmm. itself more than we would get from a Marvel film now. And there were a few sets as well where I was like, holy shit, they had to build that, you know, because now we get what the uh, the what's the big virtual reality boxes they use for bats now? The 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 format or something. Is that what, what it is? It, the, the, yeah, the, that, that's a that Mandalorian kind of made uh, popular, right? And it's, it's in called all the Marvel the, films and stuff. Uh, that thing okay it's well, called Marvel, the thing the volume it's, it's called the, the volume. volume you're right Sorry. okay i almost okay. i almost had it because these um, sets had some volume and um you know i'm trying to check hey. out what's a matte painting yeah. too because uh I, I was just re-watching uh aliens recently mm -hmm. and you realize in the hangar if you know to look for it they're standing in front of the world's most obvious matte painting ever like you could literally be like oh i see where this is just the wall in a studio and they put the boxes there and they're sitting there and and it looks and yeah if you pay any attention to the film craft you're like oh my that's definitely a matte painting but i never noticed till the most recent viewing so it works if you're not looking for it uh yeah i, I had was... a thought and then you you went on for too long <laughs> whoops <laughs> regarding the uh the sets uh the um the i i'm every time i see this i'm astonished by the the blood demons uh temple um and and everything about that scene really the uh the first like even to this day like you know uh, uh when i see just those two glowing eyes start appearing and then flying around and then it's there it's it's almost like glowing gems in rags and they're some of the like uh spookiest creepiest uh uh infernal forces i've ever seen uh and you know and they and you and you see them in levels first it's just the eyes but then eventually they start developing like full bodies and it's there it's a pretty intense terrifying 
uh, scene that really switches from the comedy to to something pretty horrific, which I think would later serve uh, Xiao Hock well when he when he made um, a Chinese ghost story. But other horror movies following after that, like like Mr. Vampire and all that stuff, I think really uh, owes a lot of debt to this film. Hmm. Yeah, I did notice it became a completely red and black movie for like three straight minutes, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the designs and everything were all very unique. And you mentioned just now, like comparing it to like a Marvel action scene. And I think what I like about it and what I want from superhero stuff, but it so rarely gives me is like everyone's power was unique and looked different and worked different. And seeing them all interact with each other was fun. So, like, she's doing her move with the ribbons. He's doing the stuff where his sword flies around. The monk's doing the stuff with, like, he's got all of his beads and whatnot. And then, like, some characters are shooting beans. Some characters are shooting birds. Some characters are using their eyebrows. <laughs> it's like, that's what you want from, like, a good X-Men fight scene, right? Is this guy's power works this way. This guy's power works that way. How are they going to bounce off each other? Yeah, it's but about safe for comic books. Exactly. Ugh. And and you want your X Men movie to have like less than ten X Men, and that's basically what this is. Is it's mm. a relatively small cast, which works is makes it also makes it easier to follow everything, but not as few as three. <laughs> that was just weird. What three X Men three? The first no, the first X Men movie only has three X Men basically, and then Rogue kind of yeah, like you know bundles up with them. Which eh, three? That's fine. That was a good movie. It was okay. You think it was good? Two had a proper amount of X Men. They had like five or six. That's 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 the perfect number. Two is a big jump from one. I think. I I think two is better than one, but I still think one is better than three or what twelve, thirteen. <laughs> I don't uh, whatever. <laughs> so I I don't know. If Best X Men in... movie is Deadpool two. I actually kind of co-sign that <laughs> or Logan, one of those. <laughs> oh come on, Deadpool two over Logan. It's more fun. Logan, but Logan is so. I mean, I know it's super on the nose that everybody's like, it's an R rated movie, so everybody's like, fuck you, Logan, you piece of shit. But <laughs> and then he just tears people's faces off. But I loved it. It was so <laughs> I, I didn't crazy. see Logan until I told heard everyone on earth tell me it was the best film ever made. Yeah. So by the time I watched it, I was like, oh, it was fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty not, much the page. It's I not was spectacular. On as well. It's not spectacular, but I just thought it was a fun way to do if you're going to make a movie where the guy has claws that come out of his skin then maybe let him just tear people's faces off i guess my say fuck all the time does anybody want to rewatch logan uh <laughs> next question okay that that's where I'll, I'll, pro I'll probably like watch it in the respect when hugh jackman finally passes away <laughs> <laughs> yeah or when they recast wolverine as somebody terrible and then you're like oh no daniel radcliffe that's who the chat's about at the moment cool make it that at least he's appropriate it. height <laughs> he is i i stand daniel radcliffe he can do whatever he wants that's uh, why he won't do a marvel film though yeah <laughs> i don't know if this fits into the format of your show but let me ask you guys uh so we have no format do what you want all right so when when the uh the aforementioned evening in which uh, mark fell asleep on my uh carport the way that worked is uh, i had given a friend um uh like a list of movies to choose from and she selected one from that list that way it's sort of like a collaborative uh programming kind of thing um 
so that being said, uh, who would you recommend this movie to, or what do you think would be the ideal setting for watching this movie for, if, if you have for your, your listeners out there, um, how should they, uh, consume this this is definitely like i watched this alone on a bus that was not the setting <laughs> this is definitely a film you watch with your friends this is a party film i think yeah I, I think perfect one would be that this is playing in a dive bar that is called the devil's turf all right <laughs> that's really good do so if any dive bar owners are listening <laughs> devil's turf if 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 you don't I mean, want if you don't want to put the devil in, then call it Shiver Me Timbers. I don't <laughs> I don't think it's really going on anymore. But for a while, Grindhouse Burgers here in Atlanta would always show kung fu movies on their screen, so you could eat burgers and watch stuff like this. But actually, so, I, yeah, I think a bar or a restaurant where you're kind of half paying attention to it might be the best milieu for, and it's got the subtitles on, so you can pay a little yeah. if you feel like it, right? No, I <laughs> yeah. think it's you've been for a night on the town. And you've all just gotten back to someone's apartment. And this is the film you put on while you're winding down. And some of you fall asleep and one or two of you make it all the way through the film. But you're all giggling at it. You're all on drugs. And like, as you're getting more and more sleepy, it's making less and less sense. <laughs> yeah. And then you take that five minute cat nap and you're just completely lost, right? Like, why is this mm -hmm. even happening? That's, that's always the fun feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Someone calls and you're, you're you're barely awake but you've haven't slept and you're convinced that it's actually like the the whatever the blood demon calling you so so many 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 tabs guy there uh where did this hey. actually rate on the uh imdb oh well funny you would ask that it rated at 6.6 .6. six. they should give it one more 6.66 6. 6. yeah just take it yeah take <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no three. There's no second uh, decimal, but we could, you know, take it to six point nine. So I'm gonna keep suggesting mm, for everything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we got the devil shit here though, the blood demon. So yeah. I like the. I wanted some Satan in it. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. So I guess I was listening to um, like a podcast yesterday where they were reading bad two sentence horror stories. Mm-hmm. But one of them was one of the best things I've ever heard, where it was the devil offered me eternal life for an exchange for all my future children. He started sucking and didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, I agree. That's that's great. Yeah, it's the monkey paw twist, yeah. <laughs> Monkeys paw nipple, I don't know. The monkey's nipple. Monkey's nipple. Monkey's have nipples i think i'm sure they do uh, yeah they're probably just really tough mm, right 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 okay um so 6.6 i mean that's pretty well regarded for a genre film that's not a bad genre film uh rating i think i mean i'm looking at show for a user films. review rating for a foreign language film that's really good <laughs> yeah they're they're most of his films are around that or lower um I'm looking at see if anything jumps out. Double team sits at a 4.8. Mm. Um, I don't think I ever saw that. Zoo Warriors 2000. I didn't either. I kind of want to now. My um, dad took me to see it in the theater. Cool. Yeah. Was it good? Uh, no. Oh. No. <laughs> but 
I've seen films called Double Team, but I think it was different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he may have directed that too, but it's not showing up on IMDb. I need to go, go to AMDB. <laughs> well, you know, the movie he did two movies before this has a 7.4 and it's called Dangerous Encounters of the First Kind. And the summary says, Three Lazy Bones friends manufacture a firebomb and place it in a cinema. Pearl, a sadistic young girl, has observed the scene, follows the bombers, and starts to manipulate them. The four criminals plan more and more daring acts. Which, that sounds fantastic. You say, um, Lazy Bones? Lazy Bones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's a weird, just, they're, if they're, <laughs> they're taking enough <laughs> initiative to plan a bomb in a cinema, that doesn't seem that lazy. I mean, I'm looking at the you screen and it looks like an papering. awesome exploitation 70s crime film. So <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to get around to this at some point. Okay. Um, well, gee, while, while, while you're tabbing, did you say you did not see a one or a 10, a 10 or a one? I think I, I scrolled around and I think I found a 10, but not a, I, I found a one that didn't have any text. Oh, okay. That's, that's the, the biggest fuck you of all. I give you one and my silence. Okay. I mean, there's here like there's a review that says seven out of ten. It just says crazed chaos warriors. Warning spoilers, and there's no text. Like oh, I think okay. they just some people just fuck up and don't write anything, and they think they, they did. They have a stroke at their computer, so they don't. But they they fall on the enter key, so that goes. Well, I got some stuff here. I got um. Uh, well, there's a one. I found a one, but confused, right? Yeah, I guess I'll read it because I'm looking at it. Frankly, I'm Go confused that this movie has such a high rating from other users. I am a huge fan of Hong Kong period action fantasy swordplay films, but I just couldn't get into this movie. I kept waiting for it to get better, but unfortunately, it just got worse. So much is said about the groundbreaking special effects, but I felt like I was watching a Saturday morning cartoon. On paper, this movie should have been great with an uh, produced by Ups. Yeah, now I should learn how to say his name. Suhar. Ciao, Hawk. Chow it's like shell. Think about Chow. when you're if you're eating with a bird. Chow hawk. Okay. I, Chow hawk. I, I already forgot again. And an all-star cast. Too bad the plot was so silly bad. I would definitely recommend the movie Deadful Melody, aka Deadly Melody. Deadful Melody is a better title, isn't it? Over this one. Better fight scenes, better humor, colorful, well-played characters, and a plot that makes sense. That's a six out of fifteen. Found it helpful. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, they gave it I a. Feel a like that was I mean, much they, of a review. Yeah, that wasn't actually like nonsense. Like they had some kind of point there, and it was grammatically correct, which is not always the case with these. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I will give them credit also for uh, stating here is a movie that I think is preferential. If this is what you're into, here's a preferential thing. But uh, and but also I don't understand in like a one star review for anything. I mean, that would have to be like, like nine hours of, of like fuzz, right? Like that, and that, that, that would, I would give that one star. What well, one of the big problems with um, these websites, if a film has high reviews, they get it in their head that they're like the arbiter of taste and they must correct the review scores. So then they'll give it a one to like try and adjust the average. Which is why I hate the public and I hate these websites. I I have a movie listed on the Internet Movie Database that I thought I I think I gave a seven. And I thought, well, this is a really good movie. I'm going to give it a seven because, well, you know, not 
not 10, but it's, mm. it's really good. You know, I'll give it a, I'll give my own movie a seven. And uh, the uh, lead actor in the film was very disheartened that I gave it oh. anything other than a 10. But anyway, you can well, give a gentleman yeah, six. I give it a gentleman six. That that works, right? I mean, we we know a lot of people who make movies, and they the the gamut of like where they how they react to the bad reviews is all different. And I think it's sort of like a personal thing, and you can't like judge people for it. But yeah, it's like people take it very differently depending on how they how they are. I don't know how else to say that. I know there's I mean, definitely people who are like. Yeah, bring on the bad reviews. I don't care. <laughs> and then there are people who are like, I can't look at them. I mean, realistically, I'd probably say this one is a gentleman's six, right? It's not. I, I had a good time watching it. I, 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 you might like it better than me. That's fine. Right. Um, you know, it's I, interesting. Six is good in this case. Six point six seems yeah. reasonable as the uh, actual. You know that, that that's about where I am on this. Um, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Trip, and sitting here, that's in my personal top ten. But I'm like, well, on an objective rating, it's probably like an eight. <laughs> yeah, I'd give The Trip a six, probably. But it's like I, I totally understand that. But I'd also give this an eight. But it's like I'd give it an eight because it's a mess. If it was, if it was like a little less messy, it might be a ten for me. Mm-hmm. But that's fine because it doesn't have to be perfect. Because it's just ambitious. I like ambition, and I also like the feeling of. The idea of somebody's just taking a crazy playset of action figures and just kind of mashing them together, which is also nails. I'm also noticing that's the first time any of us, and I'm not saying we should start doing this, but that's the first time nope. any of us actually put a number rating on a film we reviewed on this podcast, like ourselves. Yeah, I ain't doing it. <laughs> no, I know that's you're not. not. That's that. fine. I, I was just like, <laughs> I was just trying to make a point by by making my assessment there, but yeah, I, I no, I don't think we should be putting numbers on it. Let the yeah. let the let the masses do that. We can make fun of the numbers they put on it, you know? And well, yeah, and from, I have that. Oh, sorry, go From ahead. the archive.org um, page where I watched this video, there are three comments underneath it. Stoner Weird said on July 18th, 2022, hell yeah. She has to say Stoner Weird should have been the. Uh, in April the... 26, 2023, said badass. <laughs> and then Robot yeah. Boy 76 on May 2nd, 2023 said, I concur with the sentiments of the two previous reviewers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Would you have review. liked this movie when you were 13? Oh god, yeah. Of course. This is exactly what I'd have liked. I think I would have liked it better. I think I would have liked it less when I was 13 than when I was, say, 18. Uh, like, probably same, but I still would have enjoyed it. Yeah, because I was I'd have uh, lost my mind fan. if I watched it when I was like eight. Yeah, <laughs> I was I wasn't a big fantasy person when I was a, a kid. I, like it always kind of made my brain kind of flicker off. I, yeah, but that's I just because the fantasy was bad when you were a kid. I think it was just because I kind of had a tough childhood and it felt like maybe escapism was too painful or something. I don't know how to explain it. I liked grounded crime films. No, that's it. A lot of a lot of the eighties fantasy was too on the nose about being escapism, right? It was like never ending yeah. story stuff. Yeah. I was yeah, it's like I I did enjoy like Wizard of Oz, but secretly. I know? did see Big Trouble when I was eight, and I guess it pretty I mean it's that I mean it's I guess it's a little more uh 
American palette since it's uh, John Carpenter, but I, I had a yeah, I had that sort of reaction. You know, I yeah, we watched I, a whole lot in the late eighties. Uh, I liked Trouble. They Live Better when I was a kid. I think I've reversed that now. Like I like Big Big Trouble more now, but no, Big Trouble um, was my favorite Carpenter for quite a long time. So yeah, and and Carpenter has even stated that he reached out to uh the the makers of zoo colon warriors from the magic mountain uh because he wanted to not only uh pay homage to the visuals and to the special effects he he asked how they uh like how they would film the stunts that were performed in it because he Mm. could tell that the execution of it was different than they would be done in hollywood and so he ended up getting a lot of uh Hong Kong stunt people to be involved in the rigging and uh, everything here, just because he uh, this 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 is the kind of stuff you get when you watch those bonus features, um, because uh, what what Mark was speaking to earlier is like when you see somebody jump, you see them land, and so they mm. were very specific in the way that they constructed that, that they would do. That's that's oftentimes why each part of the uh, movement would be so quickly edited because it would be like, all right, we get this full spin here and then they'll have to do another rig where they spin another direction. And so all of that has to be shot in a way that it, uh, um, the whole thing makes sense. And so Carpenter wanted to emulate that whole technique as well. So, um, that's, that's, uh, this was clearly a movie that he was in absolute love with. Um, and so I, I think it shows pretty pretty heavy and in, in big trouble. I remember even um a little later people talking about like John Woo action films in comparison to like the Arnie and Stallone stuff, where it's like Arnie and Stallone, they just shoot a gun wildly and then you cut to some dudes dying and you just you assume, well, I guess he shot those guys. Whereas John Woo, very specifically, any shot fired, you know who fired it or who sort of thing. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's, I think that's that... maybe was a big difference between Hong Kong filmmaking and Western at the time. Well, a couple of weekends ago, my, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, another instance of these guys are making like 30 movies a year. So you probably, they probably had like insanely talented veteran, like mm. storyboard choreographer people. That go yeah, you keep doing the same thing and you just like dress it up and, you know, different, design right it puts the same mechanics of your your stun or whatever um i mean you know mastery it's not mastery is pretty good sometimes but i was gonna say uh two weekends ago my my in-laws were downstairs watching (laughs) um (laughs) my in-laws were downstairs watching last action here which i haven't seen for a really long time and it was on the the Mm. car chase scene when they're still in the movie world Mm, and I, i was just like enraptured by that that car chase scene it was like i hadn't seen the movie for 20 years and i was just like fully newly entertaining and plays better now i guess now that maybe culture is more ironic and it makes more sense now than it did in 93 i don't know oh yeah i think that film was way ahead of its time yeah i wasn't crazy about it when it came out but i re-watched true lies recently and i thought that aged kind of worse than i expected it to i mean Mm. it was still like a perfectly executed film but it was weirdly awkward and none of the sp- secret agent stuff felt like it made sense well after well, you were out and has never made agent. sense as a secret agent because he's fucking huge yeah and <laughs> well also and tom arnold was kind of bad it was just sort of like a weirdly executed thing and and jamie lee curtis was sort of like weirdly awkwardly 
hot. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird, it was a weird experience, but I also was on uh morphine. So I don't know. Mm. Speaking of Jamie Lee oh. Curtis and morphine, I watched knives out at the weekend with my girlfriend. Nice. And you remember I, I was re-watch. talking about during Shin Godzilla, like how it's so fun that she like reacts to films. Mm-hmm. She couldn't handle the tension of that film. Like <laughs> he was so frustrated at the characters. So that like, he was just like writhing around at one point. She just lied <laughs> completely supine and was like, I'm not looking at the screen. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I mentioned <laughs> that's uh, like I mentioned, I'm uh, my mom loves watching like murder. She wrote and, Columbo and Monk and stuff like that. So I was like, let's watch Glass Onion, which I hadn't watched. Mm. And I was like, she did a great, great job of following it. I was like, wow, this is, I felt like that took it to another level. Like I thought Knives Out was a perfectly executed kind of conventional murder mystery, but then Glass Onion was like the, the actual like meta thing. I don't know. This was only my second time watching Knives Out. Mm-hmm. And I had it. Obviously, Glass Onion is way more of a comedy. Yeah, it is, and it's just way more of uh, just kicking Elon Musk in the balls for two hours. Yeah, which I which really obviously appreciate. I'm very on board with. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I um, want to watch a film of literally that. But it also might have been that just watching a bunch of Murder She Wrote made softened my brain up, and then putting that <laughs> into my brain was like just delicious protein rich food, but. I don't know. Murder She Wrote has it. a little cameo in Knives Out as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, um, yeah. I expected it to break my mom's brain, but she did pretty well with it. So, nice. Yeah, that was cool. My cousin was in an episode of Murder She Wrote. I think she got stabbed oh. by Angela Lansbury or something. Wait, what? Angela Lansbury doesn't stab. She she commits all the murders. Why do you think that town has so <laughs> many murders? Is that the big reveal at the series finale that I missed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty insane that this murder novelist constantly is just at murders, right? <laughs> and that's really crazy. Like, what if? I mean, I know Stephen King was was I don't know killed like a, a guy with his car once, but like, imagine if Stephen King was just at the scene of like three hundred murders. <laughs> yeah, they they discover that Jessica Fletcher is a collector, and she's uh, got just like bags full of molars. That's that's what she's like. Oh, they're they're not gonna notice. I'm pulling out their molars, and so anyway, uh, it's uh, all the books are uh, the pages are made of ground up molars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a show uh, in the UK yeah. called Midsummer Murders, where it's about like a little yeah. small town UK town, mm-hmm. but it's like at this point the there's been more murders than the population should be of that town. (laughs) (laughs) What's an Acropolis then? That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like the, the movie midsummer, like nobody really gets out of that one either. Apparently like in Sweden, that film is considered like a hilarious comedy. (laughs) I mean, that part, that part with like the sex scene is pretty funny. They're all like, Uh, I get. I'll throw the flashlight on on Zoo colon Warriors from the Magic Mountain. If if anyone has any final points on that one, since we've gone. Well, colon Warriors from the Magic Mountain is like an educational film about health. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I bet you I could find. I mean, I guarantee you I could find a movie where someone fights with their intestines. Actually, yeah, Ricky O story of Ricky. (laughs) Also, there's a bit of that in um, Reanimator. 
That is true. That's the very close cousin to story of Ricky. You guys have seen that, right? Like when I was 18, probably with you. Yeah. <laughs> this, is the, this is my first time hearing of that. Do you remember? Did you get the Daily Show in England? Yeah. Do you remember where there was that thing where it was like the five questions and there was just a guy who like smashed a guy's head with his hands and it exploded into meat? No. Oh, it was just like they used that for like a segment. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring that to the podcast. That's <laughs> pretty great. It's pretty I mean, it doesn't fun. look like this strike's ending anytime soon, so we're going to have lots of chance to bring <laughs> weird non-studio films to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's like weird that we just grant ourselves this indulgence and then it's just going to be this endless chocolate fountain of fun movies. I'm going to be disappointed when I have to go back and like, oh, great. 1986 Oscar winner boring <laughs> <laughs> well there's always the uh the whatever the good list or the bad list when it's good yeah i, I think i have a boring movie brewing up for november damn it is it gonna be boring november <laughs> Why? boring november everything in november is boring why would you choose a boring movie Matthew? <laughs> time for a Terrence terrence malick <laughs> Yeah, three hours of Terrence Malick. Okay. Uh, well, hey guys, this has been super fun. I want to thank you very much for inviting me uh, to be along. Oh, thanks. Thanks for, for joining us, Chuck. You right on. Plugs. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. is this film? Is this a film or a filth? This is a film, right? Oh, this is film. This is what oh, film should yeah, be. Yeah, sure. Is Hell yeah. Just had <laughs> to Hong say Kong, it. It's a Hong Kong film. Someone might uh, yell at us on X if we don't don't do the the thing i don't think they'll, they'll, they'll be paying to <laughs> do it paying for they're it. paying for the for the honor that's what they get i can't wait for him to make x paid just so that i absolutely 100 percent will leave i'm like weirdly concerned that i have like seven accounts there that it's going to do something like that i accidentally put some payment information on one of them i have to like go through and delete all of them which is a stupid concern but I, you know i've accidentally my... paid for stuff before i think i accidentally paid for super instagram at one point that that blew my daughter's mind when she saw my phone this weekend just because i never updated it so oh. <laughs> like oh my god you still have twitter on your phone you can have it forever <laughs> yeah i'm changing it it's all i changed my ipad because that automatically updates but uh yeah the urls <laughs> are still all twitter.com slash <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's not paying anybody to actually change the text well, he's of not the paying URLs. anybody to do any work at his companies <laughs> he's not paying rent but you do need to work 24 hour days <laughs> because yeah you're the only one left god yeah, I surely that will pay off soon <laughs> oh yeah it was chuck like slowly not quickly <laughs> chuck do you have any plugs uh no no yeah, plugs I mean, I mean, what September? I don't know. Maybe I'll be back working in the film industry, but I won't be. I'll be still washing, washing towels at the gym, and uh, and uh, delivering cookies, and uh, and uh, that that's there. You, so there you go. Here's my plug. Uh, this is more of a uh, public service announcement. If you get any kind of uh, food delivery uh, to your home, you know what? Tip. I'm just gonna put that out there. If you can't afford to tip. Don't get the fucking food. I got mouths to feed. Uh, uh, mine being one of the three. I I agree with that sentiment. Unfortunately, 
there's a psyop going on right now where things like convenience stores are adding tips. So now the conversation online is that tipping is out of control. So we really need to stop doing working for tips as soon as we possibly can. Because it's, it's I not think good. your whole country's entire economy is insane. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> In the UK, it's illegal to include tips as part of the payment because they're meant to be tips. Yeah, we're just we're just hanging on until the film industry gives us jobs where we're way overpaid to do nothing. I, I, which is the other inc- I am side not, of the insanity. I am not overpaid. I work. I okay. Sorry. Well, I'm overpaid to do yeah. nothing. Chuck is paid adequate. Is paid correctly to do what he does. There we go. <laughs> and we're not tipping it on Japan. Anyway, go out, join your local <laughs> communist party, stock up on weapons. Prepare for the revolution. That's our advice for this week. Yep, load up on guns. Bring your friends. Mm. <laughs> Which is pretty, pretty universal American value, right there. <laughs> I don't care what side you're on, but God damn it, you better be armed. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can't really put that genie back in the bottle, can you? <sighs> now I'm depressed. England and Australia did. It's just you guy, you guys. Maybe I should just go to Australia. They'd they'd like in both England and Australia. They had one school shooting, and now there's like no guns. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Australian films lately. Tim Tams are delicious. No guns in zoo. Warriors from the Magic Mountain. That's true. No, no bloodshed, really. Well, kind of. It's a blood god. Yeah, there's blood. I remember there being blood. It was just sort of like everywhere. There's a lot for of being blood. All I'm saying is for blood demons, it doesn't look like dead alive. Back to that. Anyway, That's hey, true. thank y'all. I'm going to go watch some wrestling. Nice. nice. I'm going to go train for when I become a wrestler. Mm. Hell okay. yeah. You hope you get to wrestle Elon Musk and then he'll back out of it and then you just yeah. catch him in an alley somewhere and just suplex him into a trash can. I'm just Hell writing yeah. this fan fiction as I go. Anyway. Um, if you liked this podcast, or if you didn't, check out our other podcasts at uh, patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. There's a few bucks for server bills. We really appreciate it. We got video game podcasts. We got other TV podcasts. We have um, Space 1999 podcast called Podcast 1999. Does Hyrule Field Report still going? You guys? Yep. Only have like 300 more areas to go, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a slow burn. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd played the game slower, to be honest. I crammed it. But and give this show a five star review. Yeah, that rate and review, please. Later. Tell your friends. Tell your friends is the best yeah. thing you can do. Yeah, that too. Make them listen and then then take their phone and follow it on their phone. <laughs> then, then hide your grandparents' Bible and <laughs> Teach your kids about Satan. Yep. Hell yeah. See you guys inside the colon magic. Oh my God. My finger has been on the stop record button for five minutes now. (laughs) (laughs) Guided by night's vision, a vision of something great has been crossed the desert to where the unknown waits. Frying pan of Turpan's fire passage through the iron gate a funeral procession eternity won't wait insight into the decline the relics i hold in hand monasteries deserted 
said a candalous land. This goes beyond what I've heard, and is more than what was said. To be being or not to be being. Realization arises as a lotus, transformed in what is called head. Go on to the deer park under the shade of mangoes, dreamt of my arrival on my knees and elbows. Taste fruit of holy thought, nectars of the Dharmic seas. No more doctrine gets wrought from liberation seeds. This goes beyond what I've heard and is more than what was said. To be being or not to be being, realization arises as a lotus, transformed in what is called the head. Through myriad kingdoms, to then penetrate the cave, with all the greatest gifts, to the needy we gave. Bid farewell and return, turn down all the high positions. A pagoda leans west, into all fruition. This goes beyond what I've heard and is more than what was said. To be being or not to be being, realization arises as a lotus, transformed in what is called 